Hi, everybody. This is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 162. It's now been four years, three months, and 14 days since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And I pulled on my hiking boots again to head up the mountain to commune with Mother Nature, my thoughts, and you. So, after we listen to our inspirational snippet of Circle by Hartley, I'll share what I'm embracing here in my Zen space today. Take a step back, look around. Breathe in the air, let down your hair, just listen to the sounds. Think about where we have been. The joy we shared with friends who care and all the things we've seen. It's a little bit ironic because what I was inspired today, really inspired deep down in my heart today to embrace was the sense of quiet, peace, stillness, that part that we feel and hear and understand when we're not engaged with the outside world, right? We're not watching television. We don't have our eye on Facebook. We're not checking email, seeing if a text comes in, not listening to TV in the background, not just, you know, sort of living our life with half of our mind somewhere else. For me, lately, I've really been trying to just understand what is in my heart when I'm alone in the dark of the night or just in the peace and quiet of my alone time. And so I came up here on the mountain ready to explore some of the things that I've been thinking about or feeling or to see what the quiet here would inspire. And what I hear are lots of birds, bees, winds, distant plains, even cars from the freeway going by in the distance at the bottom of this mountain here. So even in our quiet times, there are external noises that can come into our thoughts and can color some of what we feel. Like when I hear the wind, it's really easy for me to be annoyed. Like, oh no, there's this wind. Is this something I'm going to have to deal with when I'm editing the show? Or when I hear the birds, I might smile and think, oh, that's a pretty sound, I like that. Or it might be, oh, you silly crows, you're in my way again, I'm gonna to have to try to edit you out. But today, BCs, I'm not gonna edit anything out. I'm just gonna let the mountain be whatever the mountain is. So you're gonna hear whatever there is, what I have to say, what the wind has to say, even what the birds might have to say. Because one of the ongoing themes in Compulsive Overeating Diary is perfectionism. My perfectionism, your perfectionism, even from Alan Standish, our friend and co-podcasting buddy. Perfectionism. What is that? It is wanting to take control of our situations and not making mistakes and being so good at something that nobody can criticize us. Now, why do we care about being criticized? 
well, it sort of feels like a little bit of an attack or a rejection of who we are. And many of us who have to deal with eating issues in one form or another have this feeling that if we're not careful, we're going to be attacked and it doesn't feel good. Emotionally attacked or through relationships, disappointments, whatever, we feel that we have to be on guard. And one way to be on guard is to really be perfect at what we're trying to do. And I see part of that for me has been in my acting pursuits that I really try to be perfect at what character I'm trying to convey or what voice I'm trying to create or even the experience that I'm having in the midst of pursuing an acting career in LA, which is not easy. You know, for most people, you don't sit at a drugstore and get discovered and next thing you know, you're a big star, not in voice acting, not in on-screen acting. Not in most things. Now there are, you know, time and again, maybe somebody who has that experience, but usually these overnight successes are after decades of work or at least years of putting in your time and trying. And I won't lie to you, it is tough. It's heartbreaking. It's very hard to do your best and feel that you're not making progress. And where else have we seen this? Well, we could see this in how do we deal with our food issues in our life. Sometimes when I go on a diet, I do really well for a, some time and I feel better. There's a bounce in my step and I feel like, okay, I might not be perfect in my body, but I have all the tools at my disposal to move forward. I know what to do. I need to eat this amount of calories or eat this amount of carbs or whatever that diet plan might be. But I feel good because I know what to do, or at least I think that I do. And so I can take my focus onto these steps and away from the pain of maybe how it feels to be in a body that's bigger than I would like, to feel the pants getting tighter, to feel not as confident as I might if my body were in a different space and time. Well, BCs, I feel that all the time, not so much to the size of my body, but the age of my body. The age of my body is not perky. <laughs> my body at its best is cuddly. And there's things that I can do to improve the quality of my life through strength training and doing yoga and doing things to aid my flexibility so that I can get out of chairs, to keep my cardio up so that I don't get out of breath, so that I can carry groceries around, things like that. But the days of aspiring to be a bikini body on the beach of LA are long since past. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, I think pretty much a good thing, but it's sort of a truism that I've had to adjust my inner thoughts about. Because remember BCs, I'm really almost 60 years old and I've had my eating issues for as long as I can remember. I've told you before, I know for a fact since four years old. I remember just a tiny bit before I was around four years old where I didn't have eating issues, but my entire life 
has been colored by thoughts about my body and how that relates to other people in my life, thoughts about my body and how that relates to my own feelings of pride or disappointment or fear or nervousness around others. I've thought about food as far as like, how should I measure it? How should I weigh it? How much should I eat of it? What types of food are good? What types of food are bad? And that's not to say that any methodology that you might choose to follow or that I might choose to follow is better than one or the other. As you know, in my opinion, what food works best for you is a matter of personal preference and trying it and seeing what resonates with you and seeing what moves you closer to the goals of your heart. And now we've come a long way around from thinking about eating issues and body issues back to the heart. Because in the weeks since I did the last episode up here on the mountain, I've really been struggling. I feel like I've been struggling with everything. I've been struggling with, is it worth it to me to keep on pursuing acting? Why or why not? Is it worth it to me to keep pursuing intuitive eating? Why or why not? Is it worth it to me to keep pursuing this show? Why or why not? And usually in the past, if I don't have a resounding, heck yeah, I feel like, screw it. Let me just sort of isolate myself like an armadillo for a while. Let me wrap up in my comfy quilt of aloneness, take some time away and let my wounds heal. Now, some of these wounds are self-inflicted by my over-ruminating about things, like thinking about things or expecting things to be different than, quote, they are, unquote. And part of my meditative practice, which, oh, I thank God for, it's been almost one year exactly. I think it's two days when My counter says, I will have meditated for one full year every single day. And meditation is based in listening to yourself and listening to your heart and becoming one with your breath and one with the moment. And for someone like me with a crazy compulsive monkey mind, it is really, really tough to sit with myself and let those feelings and thoughts come out because I have covered all my feelings and thoughts for so many years under thoughts of food and diet, but also thoughts of achievement and success, like achievement or success or recognition would somehow make my life worthwhile. Can any of you relate to this? Now, I know it's not popular to say so, but it would be great. I would much rather have, you know, thousands of likes on Facebook than a few. And why? How does having thousands of likes on Facebook make my life one bit better? It really doesn't, unless I'm trying to prove to someone else or to myself the compulsive overeating diary is a worthwhile endeavor. So, what do you guys think? Is it worthwhile if I have lots of comments and participation and likes on Facebook 
or is it worthwhile to you because it causes you to think about some of these things that I'm going through and other BCs are going through and helps you apply these things to your life in some way or to disregard it and say, no, you know what? That's helping me know that what you guys are talking about is not for me. Sometimes the show is really entertaining or we have little bits and that might be fun to listen to. For me, the editing of those fun parts like Foolish Fun is the most fun or to hear the stories of people that are brave to call the bravery hotline and say in their own words what they go through. I really like that. I like to hear that. I like to edit that. And usually all I'm doing is either editing out private things or trying to make sure the sound is good so that their message comes through. But I like hearing the different points of view. Now, a while back, Mary S. asked me the question, Lori, why do you do this show? And I had to think about that. And I realized the two reasons primarily were it helped me to know myself. And that has been 100% true through the run of Compulsive Overeating Diary. The other part was I was thrilled to pieces to realize that there were other people out there who were willing to communicate with me because so much of my self-concept has been as a loner, isolated other person who doesn't connect really well with other people. I connect dandy with cats. <laughs> I love my cats and I am a cat whisperer for sure. And usually I have one or two good friends who I connect with in my life, but in general, my social mask was such that while I was a pleasant, fun personality to be around, most people didn't get to know the real me. So I have to say that UBCs who have stuck with me all this time, you've gotten to know quite a big chunk of the real me, the part that I don't usually show to people. And when I showed that and got response from it, I found that very thrilling. But you've heard me complaining as the participation goes up and down and up and down that it doesn't feel as good when people aren't participating. And part of that is it makes me doubt myself. It's like, oh, what am I saying to piss you all off? Or what am I doing now that's so boring that it's not worth it for you to comment knowing that there are many, many reasons why all of these things happen in cycles of life. But still, that's one reason. It does cause me to doubt myself. That's on me, not on you. The other reason is that it makes me feel like this show is really worthwhile for you. If you are taking the time to comment or to participate it's like that external validation of buying a smaller pair of pants that you know you've lost weight or jumping on the scale and you see that you've lost weight and that work is standing for something. It's the external measure. It's the easy way to feel good about my work. Just like if I were to actually book work as a voiceover talent, that would be an external validation that this producer liked my work. 
And let's be honest, that would be fantastic. That would feel good. It does feel good. It feels good when people give you a compliment. It feels good when the world seems to align and go your way. It doesn't feel good when you feel that you're pushing a rock up a hill. And sometimes that rock is part of your own process. It's part of what you're learning and what you're going through. So I'll put that in, the, in myself. My rock up the hill is a lot of what I've been learning to deal with. So I've taken advantage of these last several weeks where people have just been absolutely quiet, with the exception of Mary S. and Donnie, who called the Bravery Hotline and used SpeakPipe and have some things to say, which we'll go over in Afterthoughts. But it's really been quiet. And at first I thought, ugh, this is disappointing, but, you know, so what? You've got other things going on in your life, and they've got things going on in their life. But what can I do instead of just feeling my usual negative response to this quietness? What can I do instead? And I go, well, Lori, talking to myself, Lori gal, the best thing to do in most circumstances is, if at all possible, turn it on its head and make it a positive. So I said, all right, for the next several weeks, if people remain quiet, I have a great opportunity for me to just ponder on this show and ponder on my life and ponder on things that come from my heart, not necessarily responding to you guys, but responding to what I feel like. Well, I did that. And man, it was scary because for a long time it felt like there's nothing there. What's down in there? Because I peeled down so many layers of the onion, but I still felt there was more down there. And one of the things that I discovered was the busyness of dieting, the busyness of worrying about my body size or my weight. We've talked about many, many times. But something I don't think we've talked about and something I didn't really get my hands around was that in some ways, this is a way to hurt myself, to feel a pain, an actual pain. Like I know some people that have uh, eating disorders or other issues will actually physically hurt themselves in order to feel a different pain than the emotional pain that they're trying to block out. And for me, I thought, well, my dieting and my body stuff is all my emotional pain through busyness and stuff. But I realized that sometimes when emotional pain for me gets really, really strong, that it hurts me really, truly, even still, if I get on that scale and I've put on weight or I put on my pants and it's too tight and I feel like I'm not successful in my body because that is of such long standing that it causes me actual pain. Let's not even think about binging. Those of you that binge eat, you know that when you really are on a tear on a huge big binge like binge eaters can do not just the compulsive attitude but the literal 
pile it on binge, that that causes physical hurtful pain in your body. And I realize that sometimes I have used that pain because it stays with you for some days after the binge, that physical sensation of pain, that I use that to cover up other pain in my life. Oh, wow, Lori, what pain could be so bad as that you want to cover it up with that? Well, that's the rub, right? That's why we all look into our own hearts and minds, either with the help of therapists or our religious leaders or good friends or people that we trust. We sometimes can feel relief if we understand what this pain is and find a way to support ourselves through that pain rather than distracting with television or eating thoughts or perfectionist thoughts or trying to feel good about ourselves through the external world. Going back to my acting journey, I realize that sometimes when I am performing, I'm having the time of my life And it doesn't matter whether it's class or an audition or just sometimes I'm just having so much fun feeling this character come from within me and coming out and doing things that I might not do as myself. And it is so fun. Other times I tie myself into pretzel knots trying to do it really well. And though I know that the first way is better technique, (laughs) I will get myself in a quandary because if I think about that having fun and really inhabiting the character is the best way to perform voice acting, then I will get that monkey mind on my shoulder getting in my way. And it's very frustrating. It's like I've suffered in the past from insomnia, really bad insomnia. And when people tell me, wow, insomnia is really bad for you. You know, you better get some sleep. Well, it doesn't help me get to sleep. So to know that I need to relax and let go and be in the moment to improve my acting, to make it quote unquote better, makes it hard because then I'm like, oh, I'm not in the moment. Oh, I better get in the moment. Come on, you guys get in the moment. It's hard. That's the same struggle I've had with intuitive eating. That's the same struggle I've had when coming up on the mountain and telling you guys how I feel. To really be in the moment is a very, very scary place. So I am extremely proud of myself for coming up here and telling you all of these things because I feel that I super expressed some deep things that are in my heart and some of the things I struggle with. And so that means that today, hiking up this mountain did me some great good. Sitting here in the relative quiet of the next to upper Zen spot has allowed me to get in touch with who I am when I'm not being distracted by my life down the mountain. And if this has resonated with you, I hope that it helps you in your life. And if you're willing, that you'll call the Bravery Hotline, you speak pipe, or post a comment on day 162 and share your truths with us. 
From our studio in beautiful La Crescenta, it's time for Lori's Afterthoughts. What? Additional reflection on today's topic. Wow. Or to quote Donnie, wowzer. I have to be honest with you, that was a really tough day for me up on the mountain. Really, really tough. Usually when I hike up to the next-to-top Zen spot, I enjoy myself, and I enjoyed the hike, and I enjoyed being there. But usually when I'm talking into my recorder on top of the mountain, even though I am alone, I feel all of you out there. I just feel it. But something about this particular day, I've been struggling so much, like I mentioned in the segment, that I felt really, really alone with my thoughts up on that mountain. And it was terrifying. It was really hard. And also, I usually will listen to what I've had to say on the way down the mountain. I can put my earbuds in and hear what I've had to say to give me a heads up so that I can edit easy and more quickly when I get down the mountain. And for some reason, the emotions that that segment brought up in me were so overwhelming, I didn't even want to listen to what I had to say. And I didn't want to listen to what I had to say for some days. I built this up in my mind as a really terrifying message that I would learn about myself if I listened to what you guys have just listened to right now. In fact, it was so scary that I literally considered that maybe compulsive overeating diary is over, that I should just throw in the towel, be done with it, and stop thinking about these things. Wow, that's crazy. Well, not really. That's how I felt. Like I say, I've been going through my three-quarters life crisis, where everything in my life lately has felt like it's been hard or difficult, or I've been unsure about what direction I want to take even though many of the things that I've been doing are fulfilling or things that I want to be doing, and I don't see any value in radically changing my life at the moment. But it has been a really tough time. So imagine my delight when I finally did edit the segment from On the Mountain, and it wasn't as bad as I'd made out. It is extremely real. I had a little bit of doubt about talking about self-harm because I for sure don't want to express in any way that that's a good idea. I don't think harming ourselves in any way is a good idea. But I do think that if we have that in us, it's a good idea to examine it and try to come to grips with it, and hopefully with professional help. Like I said, I've had a lot of therapy and worked through a lot of issues this way. But sometimes these strong emotions can take us by surprise. Even me, when I'm so used to analyzing myself, I guess, up there. Because this hit closer to home and some of the emotions that are swirling around and my doubts and my struggles right now, 
I think that it was really hard to be real and let myself have these feelings and not to feel completely exposed and worry about that. But I'm not worried because I've done the two things that I wanted to do. I have learned a whole lot about myself from this experience. And two, I have faith that whether I hear from you or not, that some of you have learned from this experience as well. Though I will admit it's been more days than usual since you guys have heard from me on the podcast. And I really want to thank Donnie in particular, who's been checking up on me to see if I'm okay, especially the day after Mother's Day. She called the Bravery Hotline to catch me up on her life and to let me know that she was thinking about me. Hi, dear sweet Lori, Donnie here, just sending you a hug. Wanted to stop by and say hi to you and all of our dear brave companion friends. I had a little inclination that yesterday might have been a rough day for you, so I just wanted to send you a hug, let you know I was thinking about you. I have some beautiful sun over here in Washington State, and it makes me think about you, and I smile. Life's been busy and crazy. I haven't had a lot of time. I've been trying to really refocus on myself and get in touch and in tune with my hunger and my eating. It's not the easiest thing, but I've finally gotten back to a point that I'm tired of feeling like crap, and I I just don't want to anymore, so I need to do something about it. I've really been trying to focus on that, but trying to stay away from diet hell prison, as you know, that I can easily go there, and I'm trying not to. Anyways... I, again, like I said, I miss your happy little voice. Haven't seen you in the land of podcasts lately and was surely thinking about you and your heart yesterday. So I just wanted to send lots of love and kind thoughts, and I hope everyone is doing well and having a great spring. We have unseasonably warm temperatures here. I am not complaining whatsoever. I just hope that it hangs out and we continue to have unseasonably warm temperatures and not something crazy through the the summer. I know some people are not having some good luck with weather and there's a lot of flooding and stuff, so I'm thankful for where I live and I'm not dealing with that. I am dealing with the challenges of of home ownership and trying to build a new yard and get everything underway. (laughs) The easiest thing keeps me busy for sure, which I'm thankful for that. Getting my walking back on, I did a 12K last weekend. It was a little more challenging than I was prepared for, but I did it. And I made good time, and I felt good about it, and I feel good about myself. Love you, friends. The music I selected to put in with Donnie's message is called After the Rain, and that's in honor of the unexpected Washington sunshine she had and also to symbolize moving on from grief. Mother's Day might be rough for me, but... It wasn't as bad as last year, and I'm glad that it seems that my life is moving on from there. And congrats to Donnie on completing your 12K, even though it was more challenging than you would like. Mm. Another brave companion that I've been communicating with fairly regularly is Mary S., and she called on SpeakPipe to talk about her discoveries with anxiety and thinking about how you can go away from turning to things for comfort into becoming more assertive and finding new ways to be. 
Hello, Lori. It's been a long time. This is Mary S. I just wanted to let you know I caught up on your last two episodes and they were fantastic. I know that I have not been around as much and I know we talk personally, but I just wanted to step in here and say hi to all the new Brave Companions and the ones that have been around for a while. Um, one thing that I know I have been struggling with is anxiety and I wonder how many Brave Companions actually have it. I guess I've had it my whole life and didn't realize it until I was diagnosed. And then when I was, I was like, oh my goodness, how did I not know I had this? And no wonder, you know, over the course of my life, I turned to things for comfort to escape my anxiety, whether it be um, alcohol or smoking cigarettes, which luckily I have not done for eight and a half years now. And I'm very proud of that to food. So um, I don't know. That's the things I've been dealing with over here. I've been working on being more assertive and setting boundaries, but at the same time have realized that my anxiety, when it crops up, I become essentially a turd to people. And I say a little too much and speak my mind a little too much. So I'm over here struggling with boundaries and how to set them and how to realize when my anxiety is taking over and it's making me do things that I normally would not do. Anyway, I just wanted to say hi to everybody. Feel free to use this on the air and I would love to hear if any other brave companions deal with the same thing because I know my anxiety has to be a large part of my compulsive eating. Love you, Lori. Bye-bye. Thanks, Mary. I loved how real you were. I especially love your concern about treating people like a turd, because <laughs> I relate to that. And the music that I picked for you, Mary, is called Atmospheric Clouds, because I thought it was calming and melodic and a great thing to combat any feeling of anxiety. Another cool thing to combat anxiety is I mentioned on the mountain how important meditation has been for me, and I know you've heard from Mark as well. Both of us have been meditating. Well, now it's been more than a year for me that I have meditated every single day, either with guided meditations or through my own meditation, just listening to music or quietly with the timer. And the app I use is called Insight Timer. And coincidentally, on the very day that was one year exactly for me since I began meditating, Insight Timer started giving classes that you can order, but one of them is free. If you get Insight Timer app on your phone, you can get it on Android or on Apple, then they have a seven-day how to meditate class, and it's really great. So if you have any interest yourself in meditation, get Insight Timer Take that seven days and see if it helps you like it's helped me and Mark. That's it for today, BCs. So until next time, take care. Because I really, 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 from the bottom of my heart to the bottom of your heart, care. Take a step back, look around Breathe in the air, let down your hair Just listen to the sounds Think about where we have been The joy we shared with friends who care And all the things
It's a good day to begin